0: The Pat Kenny Show with
1: Aviva Insurance on News Talk.
0: It is Michael McGrath's first meaningful act as Minister for, for, for Finance: the 1.3 billion cost of living package. Uh, he is with me now to tell us more. Uh, good morning, Minister. Good morning, Pat. Now, uh, first of all, uh, the noises from the opposition saying it's not enough—you didn't cover everybody. What's your reaction to that? Because it's 1.3 billion of taxpayers'
1: money. Well, look, in politics, I think you expect the opposition to generally oppose. So not terribly surprised uh, at that. But when you are in government and in particular, when you are uh, sitting in the Department of Finance as the person with responsibility for the nation's finances, then you have to try to strike the right balance between extending enough support, in particular to those who need it the most, to target the resources in the best way you possibly can, but also to recognise there is a wider set of issues here uh, in terms of managing the public finances, managing the national debt, uh, ensuring that we have resources later in the year to respond to what is a developing and uncertain situation. Inflation is falling. That's very welcome. We're seeing significant reductions in wholesale Gas prices not yet really coming through at the consumer level, so there's a lot yet that we do not know, and it's important that we hold on to resources. To enable there must us be to the suspicion, further. though, on the part of the
0: energy companies that you feel, perhaps, that they're running rings around you. I mean, making windfall profits, um, you know, allegedly buying ahead so far ahead that their prices are stuck, and yet when the war happened the prices weren't stuck. They jacked them up very, very quickly, even though allegedly they buy ahead and
1: they bought ahead at lower prices. Explain. Yeah, that does seem to be the pattern. The prices certainly go up a lot faster for the consumer, then they come down. But I have listened carefully to some independent analysts in recent weeks, uh, and they have explained, uh, from their perspective, the reason why there is a lag between the reduction in the wholesale prices and and yet that the big boys have made absolutely bumper profits. They have, and there is agreement at the EU level, as you know, to introduce two things: um, to introduce a market cap on revenues uh, from non-gas electricity generators, and also to introduce a solidarity contribution from fossil food fuel producers, Minister Eamon Ryan and his officials are working on the legislation now to give effect to that. It remains to be seen exactly how much money that will deliver for Ireland. But is Uh, it going to be applied historically? Because famously tax uh, measures
0: cannot be applied retrospectively. So, you know, they will know this is
1: coming and they will work their way around it to avoid it. It it will be applied in line with the agreement that was reached uh, at European Union level at the Energy Council Minister's meeting and that was as far back as September. September, So some of it uh, is retrospective uh, for a number of months uh, that have passed uh, and it applies for a period into the future. But, uh, you know, from from my perspective, you know, we do have the resources within our own country at the moment to respond. Uh, that is why we have on the back of an €11 billion Euro package uh, last September, which continues to be rolled out, by the way. Some of those measures have yet to be uh, felt by people. We'll have the next electricity credit applied in the month of March, uh, we will have uh, further reductions in education costs later in the year and in healthcare costs as well, all part of budget 2023. And of course, it's only in recent weeks that we had the reduction in childcare costs, the income tax reductions and so on. So look, I just want to say that I recognise that this is a very difficult time for many. And uh, as a government, we're doing the best that we can with the resources we have uh, to help while recognising that we can't predict the future. We don't know quite how this war is going to continue what the impact will be on energy, on inflation. Uh, so there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. Now, we do have to have the resources later in the year to do more. And we will have those resources. No
0: doubt people uh, will use this money wisely. Many people will. Uh, but the airways, um, the airwaves were abuzz yesterday with uh, the, the so-called squeeze middle, the people who get up early in the morning, to quote the, the, the Taoiseach, uh, who work for everything, get nothing for nothing from the state. And there was palpable anger, not alone on this station, but on RT as well, uh, from uh, listeners saying, what's in it for me? Nothing. I'd be better off throwing myself at the mercy of the state, putting myself on a housing list with all the promises of social housing to come in uh, the months and years ahead. I'll get hap in the meantime. Why should I bother getting up early in the morning and working for a living when there's a
1: whole cohort of people who don't? Well, first of all, in approaching the decisions we had to make in recent days, I was faced with a situation where a whole range of tax measures, tax reductions were due to expire at the end of February. So in effect, I have had to come up with uh, €800 million to extend those tax reductions. So it makes people feel like they're not getting anything new. But if I hadn't brought forward that money and made those recommendations to government uh, this day next week, you would see an increase in a litre of petrol of 23 cents and an increase in a litre of diesel of 18 cents. That's what would happen next week if we didn't bring forward the package of measures yesterday because this is where the last budget was constructed. These measures all came to a hard end at the end of February and the money was not provided to extend and beyond that. So we've had to provide the money now to ensure that the reduced rate of VAT on gas and electricity continues right up to the end of October, that we have no increases in excise until the month of June. Uh, and we have also continued with the 9% rate uh, in tourism, but hospitality, and you know, so the people who are commuting are so saying, on.
0: well, yeah, what you told me is I get nothing. Uh, if I don't have kids, for example, I get absolutely nothing from this package. I'm not on social welfare and I'm going to face rises in petrol and diesel to get to work to earn the taxes that pay
1: for all of this. Well, those people will benefit um, in terms of the extension of those measures. Otherwise, they would be faced with increased costs next week. We do have some universal <laughs> but that's, measures. that's
0: not really... Uh, like, uh, they have it at the moment yeah. and they're enjoying it. To tell them they're going to just uh, stay as they are with the threat of three increases uh, over the,
1: the summer months... Um, I understand It's like points. a sword of Damocles yeah, hanging I, over them. I understand what you're saying but the truth is that it costs hundreds of millions of euro to make sure that it gets no worse for them because all of these tax reductions were due to expire at the end of February. They were temporary. They were emergency cost of living measures and we have to continue to fund what them. What are so experts that, that telling really you money. about international fuel? I mean, we know we don't have a dependence
0: on Russian petroleum products here, particularly in Ireland. Um, so, what is the prospect? I mean, are fuel prices going to fall in the wholesale market and ultimately slowly in the retail market so that uh, as you apply these um, increases once again in excise that they will be almost invisible? Is that the intelligence that's coming through?
1: It is difficult to predict the direction of travel when it comes to uh, the retail uh, fuel prices because there are so many variables Uh, not least the cost of course of a a barrel of oil which we're watching all the time also refining costs and of course the euro dollar exchange rate because uh, oil is priced in dollars and so that has an impact as well we have seen some strengthening of the dollar in recent times but against that then we've seen reduction in the cost of a barrel of oil so very difficult to make uh, predictions but uh, certainly the the central scenario is that we're not likely to see uh, increases in terms of the, the retail price over the period ahead but that may change and that's heavily qualified. And I have to be be honest with people in that regard.
0: Now, the the maintenance of the 9% hospitality rate of VAT until the end of August, in other words, they get the holiday season uh, out of it, uh, the the real summer season, the shoulder begins, I suppose, in September. A lot of people saying I was gouged by my hotel last year or when I tried to price a hotel for this summer, maybe because there are refugees in many hotels, therefore a scarcity of beds, therefore the price goes up. That's the law of supply and demand. But why give those guys a break, the gougers, a, a break? I can see some yeah. cafes may be on the brink uh, that, uh, you know, food prices have gone up, etc., etc. There may be a case for cafes, but to give carte blanche to the gougers to do it all over the summer doesn't seem like the right political move.
1: Well, we examined all options in relation to the 9% VAT rate um, in this sector. And uh, at the end of the day, it was not possible to separate the treatment of accommodation from uh, the other areas of activity that are at 9%. So, But cafes, why not? I mean, for example, you have luxury foods that have VAT
0: attached to them and you have foods that have no VAT attached to them because they're deemed as yeah.
1: essentials. It's seamless at the checkout. So legally you can in law. Um, but from an operational point of view, uh, the perspective of the Revenue Commissioners, whose advice I have to take on board when it comes to the application of tax law in Ireland, is that it would have presented very serious operational challenges and complexities. What to charge so for
0: VAT on the breakfast table? Somebody percent.
1: books um, a package deal two nights B&B and one dinner is part of it. How do you treat that from a VAT perspective if the accommodation and the food uh, are at two different rates of VAT? So there is the a whole series of questions. If you find questions. a hotel
0: charging 200 euro for the breakfast and uh, 10 euro for the bed, I think, <laughs> you know, you could probably see through. Now, there would be a bit of obviously cheating There's no doubt about it. That's in the nature of things. But you'd get most of them
1: and you'd get most of the revenue. Yeah, the the view from the revenue commissioners was that it would be really difficult and they recommended against it. And I also had to take on board the fact that there are uh, other service providers uh, such as hairdressers, for example, barbers who were also going to be impacted by the increase, uh, as well as cinemas and theatres and a range of other providers. But for me, one of the key issues, Pat, was that inflation is falling. And that's a good thing. It's coming off a high here of about 10%. It's now perhaps around 6 to 7%. Uh, and we believe it is falling quickly. But if I were to allow the VAT rate to go back up next week, it would push some prices back up. Um, you know, some businesses may have been in a position to absorb it, but others would have had to pass it on. And that would go against the government policy of trying to get inflation down. So uh, we need to try and keep prices low try and drive inflation down. It's in all of our interest to be get on top of it. So that was a factor. And also, while there may be little sympathy for the large hotel chains, um, particularly in Dublin, you know, when you go out around the country, it is a different story when you engage with small family-owned hotels, local cafes, restaurants. They're dealing with the high energy cost too uh, and increases in the cost of business. So I listened carefully to them and to my Oireachtas colleagues and my own party uh, and others. And I came to the view in the round that it was uh, the right thing to do to extend okay. it for a final time, and I want to be clear with the sector in relation to this, they now have six months notice it is going to go back to 13.5%. Yeah. No, I heard on argument the argument yesterday September. that uh, Michael Noonan uh, put up the uh, VAT rate uh,
0: in times. Uh, he cut the VAT rate in times of trouble during the recession because it was seen so many jobs dependent on the hospitality and so on. And then it went back up to 13.5%. Thir- and, and there were similar cries of doom at the time that this is going to shut down restaurants and pubs and hotels and all the rest of it. It didn't happen. So, you
1: know, is the, the sector very good at? crying wolf? Well, at the end of the day, that is a tax on consumers. It's the last item added to your bill. And so while I'm not saying for a moment that every uh, operator who benefited from the 9% rate passed it on to consumers, uh, many did. So it does have a direct impact on the price that is charged to consumers. And so if we had allowed it to go up by 4.5% next week, uh, we would have seen prices increase, and that would come at a time when many people are unable to bear that additional burden and we 're trying to get inflation down. you know inflation is insidious; it impacts on living standards. the cost of business is really onerous at the moment for firms all over the country and I just took the view and around uh, given uh, the uncertainty that was there as well that giving certainty for six months allowing inflation to continue to fall, but also giving them uh, a clear Signal now yeah. or commitment. But a discretionary
0: business. Um, you know, the hospitality business—they charge what they think the market will bear. I mean, that's the truth of it. it. And you know, VAT going up, VAT going down, doesn't seem to make much difference. If they think in Dublin they can get thirty-five euro for a steak that they buy for a fiver, they'll charge it.
1: Uh, yes. And look, I think the truth is that the uh, the practice varies around the country, uh, even within Dublin, of course, um, can't tar every service provider with the one brush. Um, but certainly around the country, there are, uh, there are acute pressures across the sector. And it's not just the restaurants or the hotels. As you said yourself, it is cafes. It is also local theatres, cinemas. It is your local barber, hairdressers, uh, and they are all faced with increased costs. Now, allied to that decision, we have significantly improved the Business Energy Support Scheme. We've extended it by three months. We provided a large budget for it. Now, we the heard yesterday on this programme about there was a
0: 121-page booklet uh, explaining that scheme and an 89-page booklet accompanied to explain the 121 pages. Have you made it simpler?
1: Well, I have to trust the revenue commissioners who are excellent at what they do. And by the way, yesterday I was at a fabulous event marking their centenary. The Revenue Commissioners were founded in 1923. But they have applied this scheme along with a whole range of other schemes during COVID. And I think they've done it really well. And uh, we have, of course, conveyed the feedback to revenue that we are receiving from individual businesses, but also from the representative bodies. But if I can just very briefly say what we have done. So the entry criteria was that your per unit um, price of energy had to have gone up by 50% relative to the same month last year. We've reduced that requirement now to 30%. The rate of payment that you will get now has gone from 40% of the increase to 50% of the increase. Uh, Minister Coveney and his officials in the Department of Enterprise are going to bring in a grant scheme for businesses that rely on oil and LPG. A lot of rural businesses as you know are not connected to mains gas. They were denied access to the scheme uh, in that regard and we've increased the cash support of available uh, to 15,000 per premises. This is to protect jobs and it's also try, to try to assist firms get through what we recognise as a tough period for them okay. to.
0: I'll, I'll read you some of uh, the comments coming in. Uh, one, I suppose, in favour of the government. You never hear the opposition complaining about the size of the national debt, but they'd be quick to use it as an excuse for being unable to deliver on their promises and then blame this government for it, says Joe. The squeeze middle are real. If a family of one earner with a reasonable rate of, say, 60,000 with uh, pay with children and a mortgage is equivalent to someone on social welfare with four children. In social housing, you get more than this if everything is added up. Social welfare for a family of four can get almost 600 a week. If they work 20 hours a week, they can earn another 150. Then if you add in the medical card, HAP and social housing, it's actually a similar income. I'm not knocking people on social welfare. Uh, I think we should help all but it can be comparable. Yeah. And that's the whole question. Why bother? If you can get all these helps from the state, why bother?
1: Well, that's why in recent times, in particular, in the decisions made by this government, we have always sought to incentivize work through, for example, uh, the working family payment. We recognise that there are Uh, families where one or both um, spouses or partners are working but they're on low income uh, and they do need to get some support from the state. So for example, the 200 euro lump sum payment that will go to long term welfare recipients will go to low income working families. I think that principle of it being worthwhile to go to work uh, is a really important one and it's one we have to continue to to develop the interaction of secondary benefits for example uh, when somebody takes up an employment opportunity. But we are at a point in our economic cycle path where we're pretty much at full employment, mm. you know, about 4% unemployment. Yeah. More than and I heard Joe Duffy uh, talking yesterday about the
0: people in Ballyfermot, and Joe's from Ballyfermot himself. Yeah. Um, the people who were attacking the Gardaí at lunchtime. You know, why weren't they at work or at school? You know, the, 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 you know these, these people yeah. uh, are people on scrambler bikes and so on. Why weren't they doing something gainful? I mean that is that's
1: a, a presumably in receipt of of state help for doing that kind of thing. Yeah, and look, I mean the overwhelming majority of people in Ireland and from all communities want to work and the vast majority do work and we have the highest number of people working now in Ireland than we ever have had before. And we've loads of jobs Uh, available and um, people unwilling to bother to take them up. Yeah, well, that's why the Department of Social Protection are actively uh, working with those who are not employed and who are capable of working. And, you know, there isn't really an excuse for not being engaged in employment in Ireland at this point in time. That's the truth. There are opportunities pretty much in all um, communities across the country. Um, will the minister give over on these VAT rates on hospitality? I supply
0: a range of food products to the trade and I've to apply three different VAT codes to my clients. Why can't hotels do exactly the same? It's obviously he's saying it's not rocket science. He does it
1: three different rates and the, the invoices reflect that. No bother. Yeah, I can very much understand what, what he's saying. Um, but when I am making a decision on tax policy, I have to consult with the revenue commissioners um, because they are the people who have the responsibility ultimately for uh, implementing tax policy. And their advice was very clear in relation to the separation of accommodation from the other activities that are currently at the 9%. And I felt on balance, I had to take that advice um, because they are the people day to day who implement the law of the land in relation to tax policy. Um, There are other issues which are on the horizon.
0: Um, uh, Teachers getting a Dublin allowance. Uh, Some discussion on this station earlier this morning about that. What's your feeling? Because if you've got a shortage of teachers, if you have a shortage of Gardaí, if you have a shortage of nurses, society begins to break down. The kind of services the state should be providing in a civilised society no longer become available.
1: Um, That is certainly true and it would be incredibly difficult, though, to design a scheme whereby you provide additional payment or additional allowances to people living in a certain geographical area or working in a certain geographical area where do you draw the line is the first question do you include the community? are you pilot? saying do you stop at leak
0: slip or selbridge well, that kind of a, thing well, it's a
1: fair question and if you start to actually put this on paper and try to design a scheme these are the very questions that will arise and but it, doesn't it really matter where they work rather than where they live so if they
0: live in dublin's inner city they pay more in rent Um, But they have uh, no commuting expenses. If they live beyond, uh, they have commuting expenses, but lower rents. It's where they work, where they deliver the services is the simple answer to that question.
1: Yeah, and we do have an issue in relation to... um Parts of the front line of our public service in attracting and retaining people, not least in the uniformed services, uh, the defence forces, uh, the guardie. Parts of our healthcare system, um, but I'm not in favour of separating from a pay perspective the treatment of people You know
0: there'll be war with the unions I think it would be
1: very difficult to do and we do have uh, collective bargaining arrangements in Ireland in the public sector Uh, you watch the UK news I'm sure Pat uh, all the time you've seen the trouble that they are having in relation to industrial relations we've avoided that in Ireland through sensible agreements uh, that we have negotiated collectively with the But they've had a London
0: allowance for 100 years Uh, this morning 100
1: years They have I think London is is a a very different context Um, um, but I don't think that it would be practical or possible to design an allowance that goes to a certain cohort of workers based on the location mm. of where they work in Ireland. I think that would be really difficult to do. Do you have uh, concerns about AIB and DJ Carry 's write off? Well, from my perspective as Minister for Finance and as the shareholder on behalf of the state, what I expect is that the bank has clear policies and procedures when it comes to the management of capital and uh, in the management of individual loans and that they apply those consistently across the board. Uh, bank shareholders um, expect that directors will carry out their fiduciary duties. There are
0: there questions to be answered? Now, we know that oh. the original story
1: uh, that RT uh,
0: talked about, you know, a write-off of nine million down to 60,000, it turns out there were more properties involved that were yeah. sold and the bank got more than the The 60 grand, they got 1.7 million more than the 60 grand, but still a significant 80% write-off. And people are wondering, well, why couldn't I get that? Okay, I don't have a
1: profile. I'm not an inter-county hurler. Yeah. Why can't I get that too? But look, uh, obviously, I can't comment on an individual case and it is a commercial matter for uh, AIB. There is a relationship framework agreement in place while uh, the state is the majority shareholder. We don't run the bank and we don't get involved in day to day operational decisions uh, that AIB management make. But we do expect them to apply their policies consistently. To all so there are questions to be answered. And, which uh, you can uh, you can ask privately. You see, as well
0: as the the committee in at uh, the Doyle asking the questions, you can get that information as the shareholder.
1: Well, I I can't get information on an individual case. It wouldn't be appropriate for the bank to divulge um, confidential customer information to me even as Minister. Um, But what I would expect and I believe will happen is the bank will appear before the committee uh, and they will engage on the valid questions, not at the level of the individual customer, but about their their practices and their policies and how they approach different situations where uh, somebody's heavily indebted has a limited number of assets how do they work that through and how can they demonstrate and prove that they are consistent in the treatment of all borrowers because for me that is the fundamental principle at Mm. stake here Minister for Finance Michael McGrath
0: first time encounter with you as Minister thank you very much for coming The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance weekdays at 9am on news talk and joining us the studio